0: This week's episode of Meet the Brave is sponsored by At The App Studios, a hub in downtown Oakland that specializes in helping you launch your very own podcast today. At The App Studios has been instrumental in so many podcasts getting off the ground, like this one in particular, Meet the Brave, with your host, me, Monty Draper. Um, I want to send a special thank you to both Miles and Chris for all of their influence and all of their information and all of their assistance and guidance and getting this podcast off the ground. If you're interested in starting your own show, visit atdavstudios.com to learn more. But for now, let's start the show. Yep, we've made it another week. Smeet the Brave with Monty Draper, and I am glad to be here. <laughs> um... So many places to start. I think first I want to start by thanking everyone um, for reaching out um, behind last week's monologue and last week's episode, too. Um, A lot of people were truly, truly inspired by Fiza's story and her journey and her trajectory. So that was dope. Um, The monologue got a lot of a lot of texts. Like yo, bro, you crying? Not, you know, you know, like just different, different stuff like that. And I don't even, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't think that I was. But whether I was or not, just doesn't matter. Um, it was a real ass moment, and that is sort of the premise of this entire show. We're gonna do a lot of shit in real time, you know. And I, I know that sounds super repetitive. We're week six now, and still echoing that. But I want that to be, um, I want that to be known and sort of cemented in everyone's brains that yo, it's okay to sort of go through the progressions of emotions in real time and not filter, um, not make excuses and not even necessarily apologize for your reaction. You know, you can double down, double back and have a conversation and sort of apologize for how things landed and, and sort of try to explain your intentions. If your intentions were pure, sometimes you, sh- you just foul and you need to apologize. So that that's not to be confused with, uh, with the other you know sometimes you're just dead ass wrong you need to start with your apology and just end it there but then there's those times too where you just you just you just feeling and uh, you say how you felt and uh, not that there was anything I needed to apologize about I'm just really really um, moved by the feedback and feedback excuse me and a lot of the dialogue that it created but we're here Um, another week shit's still crazy Um, but then things are beautiful too so you know just filter through that how you would like to. A um, couple things for us. DJ Flo and I were reunited after a brief hiatus. It wasn't long. Um, some some personal stuff to take care of. And we're back. And we actually did a pop-up set last night at Spirit House in, um, in West Oakland. We got the open for Ivan Ave. Incredible MC. Um, an artist. Just overall dope dude. We got to hang out with him last night. Um be two nights ago once you guys hear this. Um, but that was all courtesy of the homies at Think Beat Radio. Shout out to uh, DJ One Way and, and uh, Dion Desmos from Think Beat Radio, man. Such dope dudes. And outside of just being incredible people, and cast got so much soul and so much flavor, man. Like, when I tell you fire DJ sets, like, oh my gosh, such a great time. Um, Got to got to meet uh, the lovely Miss Emily McLean, who's extremely talented and might have the craziest pin game out here. Um, I'm fascinated by songwriters like like her. Um, I don't know. There's uh, let's see. Rex Life Raj is like that. Um, Iman Europe is like that. Um, Sheesh, man. Emily, obviously, um, just, just got done talking about her. Um, there's a lot of them, but I, 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 I tend to go with those three right off the cuff because it's, um, something about getting straight to the point and saying exactly what it is that needs to be said is really, really fascinating to me. And it's not, not everyone can do that shit. Like not everyone can do it. It's really, really hard. And those three right off the rip are, are something that I can think. And I know I'm missing someone. I'm going to get torched. For it, But it doesn't matter because those are three of my favorites that I'm talking about right now. Um, and I got to see Emily live last night. And that was really, really cool. Um, she did just her and her guitar, just singing. And she sort of like liked to, to command that much attention effortlessly. Like she wasn't trying. She was like, yo, I'm going to play my songs and y'all can rock if you choose to. And everyone was dead ass silent because they wanted to hear every word. So that was beautiful. Again, thank you to everyone from Think Beat. Um, thank you to Josh at Spirit House And uh, we'll, ha- we'll actually have uh, some more dates coming up And we'll try to get-, get you some of the information prior to Or at least I'll try to get you some of the information prior to As they're announced um, You know, that's the beautiful thing about this show too I can sort to share some of the details of our artistry life and our pursuit And having to be our own managers, our own booking agents Our own engineers, our own mix show engineers um, roadies, we, we do it all, you know, um, we, Flo and I and, and whomever I'm rolling with, we usually pass the camera back and forth to make sure we get the footage. Like, we literally do everything, and it's dope that so many people email me and text me and DM me, like, yo, man, you and your team moving strong. And chances, like, there is a, there is a team effort for sure, but at any given moment, it's probably just two of us just being hella resourceful. So hopefully that encourages you not to sort of wait around and wait for anyone to come, you know, hold you down because chances are people got their own lives. Sometimes they don't necessarily see the vision. The shit don't pay. So anyone that's like, man, I'm about to go get this dedicated income that I know that's guaranteed, fuck, man, you got to salute them, yo. Like, don't, don't, you know, don't have no riff about nine to five versus Like, that's 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 for the birds, man. Do what, you, do what you fulfills you. And support each other in doing what fulfills you. So this week's this week's episode is with the gentleman um, Mike Nichols. Um, he's the, the editor in chief and sort of the founder of uh, not not sort of he is the founder of of Umber Magazine. And like a lot of things, been just seeing things um, sort of pass through my timeline. And the magazine was one of them, and it, and I'm not necessarily sure uh, what, what drew me initially, but I remember fixating on the depth of the cover, like the cover just had hella depth, and it was, it wasn't a lot going on, but at the same time, it was. And so, looking further, and it kept popping up, and then I was like, damn, this is dope. And I hadn't even watched the testimonial or the rollout video for, it and I was like, man, let me, I want to, I want to get the first edition. You know, so ordered the first edition and got the first edition, and it was like, um, it was like getting the source all over again. And you'll hear me reference it a lot in the episode of what the source was for me. And I think some like the hip hop heads at the very least will be able to um sort of relate because of what it meant to us, you know, and finding new talent, especially regionally. What it meant to being out here on the West Coast, it wasn't a lot of West Coast coverage initially. So it was uncovering a lot of the East Coast rap that you wouldn't necessarily get here, and then, um, and then once they start start re- expanding their reach and start covering a lot of the West Coast acts and covering the down South acts, especially, it was like boom, man! It was every you know every every issue where you're gonna find a new favorite that you would be attached to for life, you know. And it wasn't always just MCs; sometimes it was producers. Sometimes it was managers, sometimes it was A&Rs, sometimes it was uh, journalists, it was writers, you know, it was all different type of things. And that's what Umber felt like. It's really, really broad and what it's covering and the people that it choose to showcase. Uh, Some of the women and the men are doing some incredible things and, you know, they're not famous or they they aren't, um, they don't have the cachet that comes with time yet. But you can tell, like, this is the start of it. And that's what was so dope about reading that magazine. It's like, yo, you can tell this is about to be special. Um, And so I reached out to Mike just to send peace. Like, yo, man, fuck salute to what you're doing. And and trying to get in the habit of that, too. When you see somebody doing some fly shit, just tell them in real time. Because you never know what that person is going through. And as a creative, I kind of understand it because the... um, the, the great one of the greatest rap lines in history because it's so vulnerable and it's so true is Yay! You're always know, having nervous breakdowns, like, damn, these niggas that much better than me, you know? It's not, uh, and it's not even, and people, I think people misinterpret that on some ego shit. It's not even about what the other people are doing, it's just like you really think your shit is dope, but that is really contingent upon the reception and the feedback that you're getting from everyone out there, and when it isn't happening, the internal conversations you start to have are terrifying, fam, because you experience everything from, yo, maybe I should quit, maybe my ears is trash, maybe my taste is trash, and whatever, and then you go, wait a minute, like, hell no, I consume fly shit um, on a daily, I know I'm not bugging, y'all just ain't, and it, it just hasn't just landed yet, you know, and so it's a it's a really, really weird sort of ebb and flow that happens internally for creatives specifically. And I'm sure it, expe- I'm sure everyone experiences it on some level. I'm just speaking from the, through the lens of creativity. Um, so much of it is dependent upon how it lands, the feedback, the traction, the engagement and all the shit. And, you know, and social media allows us to see that from the rip. And when that's not happening, you know, it, it can sort of put you in this confused sort of state. And my way of sort of making sure my peers aren't experiencing that, um at least not when they're around me, is to make sure that I'm bigging them up and, and reinforcing the fly shit that they're doing, even if no one sees it yet. You know, you're, we're not really determined by what people see us doing. It's, it's about the shit we do when no one's around, fam. You know, and... Uh, it's not it's not the easiest concept to grasp, but it is one a beneficial one and one that I'm grateful that uh, was taught to me and continue put it into practice and I'll try to pass it along to my home, my partners and and my and my children eventually and and just kind of keep that going. Um, so I've I've rambled enough and uh, the monologue again the monologue is one of my favorite parts of the week because I get to just get my shit off and whether you fast forward it or not through it or not because. I fast forward through some of my favorites too, but there's usually something good in there, and I hope you take away what you need and and discard the rest. But with that said, let's jump into this week's episode with Mr. Mike Nichols of Umber Magazine. Cheers. <laughs> To start the episodes off. What, with the, the sirens? With the sirens. <laughs> <and them. laughs> it makes it real because every time you tag it, you're like, oh, yeah, we're at the app Studios. I'm like, mm, you ain't downtown. No. <laughs> yes, yes, we yeah. are. <laughs> my guest today is actually one of the, he, whether he knows it or not, is one of the main driving forces around me finally deciding to get off my ass and make a change. You know? <laughs> uh, meet the Brave. We got uh, Editor Chief.
1: Owner, creator, inventor of Umber I, I, Mag. I'm wearing a whole lot of hats, man. Um, <laughs>
0: Mr. M- Mr. Mike Nichols is in the building. Thank you, man. thank you, yeah, thank, yeah. you. Thank, thank you, thank you for coming, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, we uh, I off off air started tell started just talking I'm like we got to stop. we yeah. got to stop because this has to go on the podcast.
1: <laughs> we're not. Um, we're not.
0: What's going on, brother? I'm good, man. Yeah, good. Cannot
1: complain. I'm um, not even a little bit. Um feeling light. I'm um, feeling airy. That's it. Feeling uh ethereal, is that how you say? Yes, ethereal. Yes, so yes. um yeah, I feel good, man. Yeah, like man. this is uh this is a good time.
0: You just you just and I hope you don't mind talking about it on 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 the pod, but you just said just first thing is like, man, I quit my quit my gig, quit my job. <laughs> I'm I'm up but I'm up and you and you I we're having this having I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday mm-hmm. in a sense of like, yeah, you don't have the the traditional nine to five, but that don't mean you get to sleep in and yeah, so yeah. you up. Like I'm I wake up six thirty. I'm just up. It's just, yeah. just routine. It's yeah. just innate. Yeah. yeah, um, and that's how you walked in. I was like, man, I've been up saying early. You know, yeah. I was like, yeah. sorry for making it so early because usually artists are, are, are like, oh man, don't call, don't hit me before noon. It's yeah, like yeah. I did, I don't work like that. You yeah, know,
1: nah. So. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I, uh, <laughs> I left my job. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, it was um to the point to where it was it was kind of getting like in the way, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, of what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do with Umber and just yeah. for myself as a creative person. And um, I don't take it lightly. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't take it for granted. Like, definitely, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to do it, but I still have to hustle. You know, like it's not, like it doesn't stop. Yeah. And I feel like I almost have to work harder now. 100%. Um, because I think, you know, when you have a job, like, particularly if you live in honestly check the check mm-hmm. you have you have a bailout every like two weeks oh, oh yeah. okay the money's coming in but Re- now it's, a reset yeah, yeah. yeah there's no reset now it's like it just continuously <laughs> like has to just keep going you know and so um yeah I just i just had i had to leave you know yeah. what i'm saying and so um, i had no other choice but to yeah. do that and so um because for real and i make an umber um it a number is a printed magazine right yeah. so that's just what it is like yeah. you know it, it will exist online in some form but the the flagship experience of umber is holding it in your hands you know what i'm saying and so um and doing a printed magazine like you know is not a great revenue generator through oh, yeah. the magazine right but however um having a printed magazine or having umber creates opportunities to work on other stuff absolutely you know what i'm saying so if if i do umber some other person could say why wow, you did this can you do something else for me absolutely. like you did illustrations yeah. you did design lay out the whole it's nine, your whatever. it's
0: your bag and it's to yep. showcase what you bring and I think that's what and we're going to get to um, I, don't, I, don't wanna, yeah. the, I I don't want cuz I want to I want eventually build up to there but while we're there yeah, yeah what um and 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 I and I thought that the second I saw it was damn this is this is bold brave and and smart yeah yeah because and uh it's like I think of I think of uh Creators and creativity and and just in in production. Yeah, yeah. Like the stock market. Yeah, it's always like this. And the people who aren't really invested in it, they kind of they kind of panic yeah, when yeah. things start to quote unquote go away or yeah. die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. not consider the 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 cycle.
1: Yep. And yep. so
0: with print in particular, you know, my mom, my mom and her generation talk about the magazines that they're raised on. Yeah. For me source was was my bible you know yes, and, it, and yes. source vibe jet all that stuff and uh even even up to east bay and like slam magazine two yeah. different two yeah. different worlds but the the point pr- the idea of print yes and not in it not just living online and so once those went away you start to start searching for print and text a lot more especially yeah. the, the enthusiasts and so when i saw what you were doing i was like oh wow yeah,
1: yeah. that's
0: that's it's, it's bold it's and but it, it also is a and like for the podcast it's another way to showcase another skill but also help expand the brand and so you're not you're not just you're not just the the chief you're actually you're actually the illustrator in contributing to your that's and showcasing what it is that you do you know yeah
1: yeah it's um in the beginning because um you mentioned the source and vibe those were like the two I remember I was a kid, Mm -hmm. um, we're in high school. I remember the first time I saw the source cover was at this rim shop in Mm -hmm. Charlotte. I'm from Charlotte, (laughs) North Carolina. And, um, heavy D was on the cover. You know what I'm saying? And so I just remember it was like, what, what is this? You know? And then fast forward the senior year in high school was like 93 Mm And that's when Vibe came out. Okay. And I saw the difference between Source and Vibe. Yeah. Vibe was bigger. It was more artsy. Mm-hmm. And Snoop Dogg was on the cover. Yeah. And then on the that cover. Snoop cover, man. Yeah.
0: I had, I had that poster up in my room for Dude, it had
1: like Bow Wow. <laughs> and the, the, the type was just like really big and uh-huh. narrow. It fit his frame. Absolutely. Um, as a, just as a person, whatever. And so like th- that was it. Yeah. for that point on, like I was wanting to do it. And yeah. so my whole life, I always wanted... Cause I've been I've been an illustrator. Mm-hmm. I went to school for that in at the Art Institute of Atlanta.
0: All right, you killing me. Okay, stop, 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 stop. I gotta stop you. I don't want to jump in. Let's <laughs> let's go. Cause you mentioned you you giving away all the all I know, the gems. I know, man. What um go back go back to to Charlotte, North Carolina. What um born born and raised? All your family from there?
1: Well, no, I was born in Brooklyn. Okay. Um um then I when I was like two, my parents moved to Charlotte. Okay. And so um my mom is from south carolina wow somerton south carolina really really small uh small town in south carolina so she met my dad in new york and then they had me got married had me then i was like oh well she went to live like closer to her mom okay and so she moved to charlotte because her job had a had an office there Mm. and so or or, like a location there and so so i raised i was raised in charlotte you know what i'm saying and um Um, Charlotte is like uh, definitely uh, you know is in me, is a Mm -hmm. part of me, but I haven't really lived there since I was eighteen. Got it, got it, got it. What what
0: um, what did your what your folks do?
1: My mom, my dad's a visual artist too. Uh, You know, so actually he's he's the featured artist on the on uh, in Umber, (laughs) so I'm featuring his. So the cover is his painting (laughs) that he did. That's
0: incredible. Okay, okay,
1: yeah. And so, but so
0: oh no, we're talking about the first issue, right? The first issue, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And so, so my dad's a visual artist. He um, was a costume maker for the carnival because he's from he's from St. Vincent in the West Indies. So like then my mom, you know, it's like he's like a vi- he's a vi- so basically what I'm doing he did. Okay. And you know and and, he, and he's he's not as active now or whatever but he definitely was active around this time. Yeah. No, actually like in his uh, from 18 to like his mid 30s. My mom is um she was she worked at this um life insurance company mm-hmm. at the time. And um, but she was a seamstress. She did like sewing, like like wedding dresses, prom dresses, the whole nine. Whatever that was her her thing. Whatever. So I I remember just seeing like we would go to um fabric shops, Mm -hmm. spend all day. She would look at fabrics all day, and the patterns. She would like you know pick different patterns, whatever. So. So I guess I come from that sort of so,
0: side. And in, in I guess in hindsight, how does that in terms of inspiration? Can you can you, is that a direct source of inspiration for you? you think in terms of just that creative spark for you.
1: Yeah, I remember. I remember when I was a kid seeing my dad paint. Okay. I remember like visually seeing him like on the painting, you know, painting on the canvas, or whatever. And then yeah. um, at some point, I you know started drawing. And as far as my mom. I was inspired by her hustle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Her and her her willingness to just like keep driving keep pushing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so cuz my dad they divorced when I was like about about 4 years old. Okay. So I just grew and up And you were back her. in Charlotte by then. You're back in Charlotte. Did, by then. did your dad stick
0: around in Charlotte or uh, he...
1: for a little bit then he moved to back to New York, okay. but he as a Caribbean, he wasn't really like feeling the south. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He that was makes, that to, makes Yeah, that makes he, sense. He was either used to New York or in Caribbean. <laughs> so exactly. he was like basically said the crackers got on his nerve, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so then he hung around for a little bit. He moved to New York for like a couple of years, then he a- ended up going back, back okay to St. Vincent and became a minister. Wow. So after that, that's when he kind of shifted to where not doing as much of the carnival stuff and more of the graphic arts, he leaned more towards around Jesus and his whole religion, whatever. So wow. kind of shifted that way. But um,
0: did you spend um, a lot of time in New York and in St. Vincent too?
1: No, I bear yeah. I, I spent, time in New York for um like during the summers okay. to visit family whatever um but in Saint Vincent I didn't actually went to visit him until um until until college, nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Wow. So most of my time it just was in the south and in the east, you know what I'm saying? So um um but definitely just seeing, you know, like because I didn't I wasn't raised with him, I gotcha. still picked up I just still just drew all the time. <laughs> and do like back in the days I would design like sneakers. Yeah. So as a kid I would draw all the all the brands, Etonics, all the rent like Etonics, Brooks, Tree Torn, you know, Asics, mm-hmm. soccer I would just design sneakers all day. Wow. And motorcycles, whatever, and comic books definitely and graffiti a little mm-hmm. bit, but not in the sense of tagging, because gotcha. in Charlotte we didn't really have trains like that. Yeah. It was just really just on paper, yeah, you know. Yeah. So
0: And what was what was Charlotte? Damn, Charlotte in the in the early nineties, what was that like? I, I being being from the West Coast you know, I have my my my, my bias, here, or what I what I or at least what I thought it was yeah, and yeah. at the time. Yeah. Charlotte to me was just Larry Johnson. You know, yeah, like yeah. I, it, I it mean,
1: was. You, it's funny you said because I don't think Charlotte had had an identity until well, they had one identity was NASCAR. Okay, because that's the whole of NASCAR. Yeah. So I used to always go to like race tracks, whatever. Um, this the Charlotte. Motor Speedway, we go there, but yeah. I think we really got our identity once the Hornets came. Yeah. Once the Hornets, then it's like we were known for Larry Johnson. Exactly.
0: Grandmama and, Grandma and Dale with the Curry. high top. Yeah yeah, 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 Like
1: that's when we were in Alonzo. Yeah. You know, it's that time we went to the playoffs, I think like 92, 93, some, I think 91, 92. Mm-hmm. Um, so that our, our identity really came from the Hornets. Yeah. So that's when people started to really to notice Charlotte. But I mean, I, I would compare Charlotte to. I would say Sacramento. Okay. Like the same kind of like as a a mid, not a large city, but a mid-sized city has, you know, a lot of like greenery and parks and trees and, um, but I don't think it really had a strong identity. Got it. Got it. I think we just picked up from, and even in terms of music uh, wise, like we just picked up from all. Everywhere. Melting pot. Melting where Like either, either. Miami bass mm-hmm. sound because it's right there, right there, or from up top, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Top, like it, literally, that's what it was growing up. Like we didn't really have a strong, like, okay, this is Charlotte, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I think maybe now it's starting to really have that, but I think it's still now it's probably more influenced by um, by Atlanta a little bit, absolutely, you know. But um, but yeah,
0: oh, uh, it and th- just that 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 sort of space when you talk about, I guess, really, DMV, yep. to the Carolinas, <clears throat> just that that space in there mm-hmm. it was always in and, and i and and i want to throw jersey in there too for right. i don't know why in my yeah. mind it makes sense because jersey i know they get tri-state and, and get thrown in with new york but yeah. jersey always had this more southern sort of i don't know it was something different about jersey in comparison to new york it always has yes. been yes and then when you get to Virginia, Maryland and yep. D C. Yep. That yep. that twang, it, it's a it's a east it's a East Coast bop, but it's a it's a it's a southern draw and yeah, the same yeah. with the Carolinas. Yeah,
1: yep. And
0: it made for this amazing just the, 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 the music that was coming out of there. Um, you talk about the nineties and early two thousands, yeah, you know, yeah. you think about Timbaland and all that and Pharrell yep. and all that all, anything in that range and D'Angelo and all that stuff it was it was his own world but I, I think and correct me if I'm wrong because you, that was you, was it was it that melting pot you were talking about the getting the <clears> influence <throat> from from the, the South South and the East and New York I and all that I
1: think the prime example of in terms of musically was Jodeci got it yes Jodeci yes. the Carolina boys yeah the <laughs> yes. Carolina, they're from dude like when I was in high school 93 Devontae, Devontae, he, and, genius. and like, could... dude, would come through with his land cruiser. what he had a white land cruiser, he'll come through the parking lot, try to haul at the girls on the, in the parking lot in Charlotte. Wow, our principal came out like, dude, you gotta get up out of here, <laughs> But like, I literally saw him pull up, whatever, try to haul somebody and pull off. Wow, so I think Jodice was a start of having our identity. But Absolutely. if you think about Jodice, whatever, Jodeci, I mean, they grew up in a church, yeah. right? Yeah, but at the same time because of, of Puffy and mm-hmm. Bad Boy image. Like influence, kind of, yeah. It, it was a mixture, but at the same time, also inspired by by Guy.
0: Yes, absolutely, Musical. 100%. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying?
1: Like, that's like, it, with Teddy Riley, I think all of them, you know, he kind of groomed a lot of those, like, Devontae, you
0: know, the Devontae, Timbaland, <clears throat> all of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. so I think that's what it was. It was definitely New Jack Swing. If mm-hmm. you had to give any identity musically to Charlotte, it was New Jack Swing. Got it. Because of the influence of got because when when Teddy moved to Virginia, Virginia yeah. that kind of like trickled, trickled down. down to the, yeah, that's what it was, man. So, so Damn, New Jack Swing. Damn, thanks for pointing that out. That's that's yeah. fascinating because yeah. you
0: you do forget. Um, we we auto, we automatically sort of give the Jodeci moniker to to, to Uptown and and Puff, but yeah, yeah. they're Carolina boys. Like they're yeah. for real for through and through. Yes. you know, and you yes. can you said it best. You can hear hear the church and yeah. then that in, that influence of of the of New Jack Swing with Teddy is yeah. damn. That's, that's yeah, mind blowing. So what was what was high school like for you then? And, and
1: um, high school I was I was a hip hop dude. Got it. I was the the guy who um. I because I have some ties to, the, to New York, where I feel like okay, I have to do the New York thing I have to wear like the the tims. I mean, and the <laughs> you know the army jacket. Yeah, yeah. I still wear it to this the. Same, kinda, <laughs> That's what you came here with. I you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, what I, The way I'm dressed now is how I dressed in high school. It, it Has not changed. Got it. And so, um, in high school, it was really about I was like that. I mean, I was I was kind of like the with the class clown, but it was really about music for yeah, me. yeah. And I and I remember. The distinction between them and talk about the Bay Area a little mm-hmm. bit, and so I think when the Too Short came out,
0: Too Short was eighty. Too Short was as eighty as eighty four, eighty three. Well, let's be honest. Well,
1: let's think about this. Maybe the second album when he had, okay, so
0: that would have been ninety one and ninety.
1: Okay, so yeah. okay, yeah, Go, okay, good point. So I remember distinctively when videos were whether it was Rap City or Yo TV Raps, whichever one. Mm-hmm. Too Short had a song called "The Ghetto,"
0: mm-hmm. right? Yep. I don't know what year that was. Ghetto, Ghetto was actually 89, 80, okay. 89 90 Th- yeah.
1: that, that makes sense. Yeah. So now Eric B. Rock Kim had another song called "The Ghetto" too. Wow! And I remember those two videos coming up, playing right. Mm-hmm. I was a fan of Too Short. "Life Is Too Short." I liked that album or yeah. that song, or whatever. Just a video because I didn't, I didn't buy the album. I don't think. But I remember when Eric B. Rock Kim's song. There it the go. Ghetto, there go. Yeah. And with c- comparison of Too short, I was like, I like Ra Kim's version for whatever reason. Yeah, because it was like lyrical and just like it just. You knew you were supposed to like that. Yeah, like it just, <laughs> it just felt like it. This is I like this. Yeah. yeah. So that was when that was when I knew that okay, that's the sort of style of music I'm attracted to is like that. Got it. At a point, I was into everything. Right. Yeah. It, it was Miami based. Uh, um. To a live crew, yeah. you know, a little bit of Ghetto Boys, um, but definitely when that song, I was okay. This is what I like because the 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 first line from Rakim is like "Planet Earth was my place of birth, born to be the sole controller of the universe." I, I, how do I unpack that yeah. as a kid who's like twelve and thirteen years old? Absolutely, you know what I'm saying. So I think that was what it was for me. Is like it was all about music, mm-hmm. and um and definitely New Jack Swing was like it was either it was New Jack Swing. Or it was sort of like that, sort of like the boom bap ish hip hop sound. So. Yeah,
0: and then damn. So then, how does that, how does that sort of um, shape your, you know, your your inspirations and sense of like create creatively? You know, yeah. what is that? What does that do for you creatively?
1: Um, I think it's the album covers. There you go. I think that's that's what it was like. You know, seeing, um, and particularly, and I used to. We talked about the source a little bit before. I used to get kind of upset because source will highlight these artists, mm-hmm. but in the South, I wouldn't know about them unless I saw the video. Yeah, because they'll like pick up. You know, it'll be like uh, the mixtapes. Like you know, it'll be. Um, that
0: what is it? Uh, the... Ron G and yeah, all those guys. Yeah, wherever, yeah.
1: like you know, and they'll talk about Bobito and mm-hmm. and and um. Stretch Armstrong, which we didn't get in the South River, so I, I missed out on that. Mm. And so for me it's about the the artwork and the vinyl and the 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 vinyl the 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 inner sleeve, you Absolutely. know what I'm saying? The
0: liner like, notes and all that. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: I used to love getting the tapes and folding. It just <laughs> folds out like it has all the every panel has lyrics on there. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so and um I just remember like going to it was uh um I remember when I bought a tropical Quest. Midnight Marauders. Mm-hmm. The day I bought that album, I had, a, I had this job at this grocery store called Winn-Dixie. I spent my whole paycheck
2: mm.
1: on that tape and an army jacket, mm. an army field jacket. <laughs> so I was broke all week, but how about my, my first army jacket? And you had the tape. And I had yeah. that tape, and it folded out every single thing. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I think it's just the, the artwork, the, for album the artwork.
0: For the sake of conversation, are you are you a low-end theory or Midnight Marano's
1: guy? Ooh, Lord. I, um, I asked
0: everybody. It's, it's that in it's I...
1: Up. Okay, I'll say this. Low end theory, I never had, I never bought the tape. It was a dub. Got it. But Midnight Marauders actually bought, bought the yeah. tape, Sam Goody, whatever the place was back then. Yeah. So um, technique wise, I think they solidified it with Midnight Marauders. Like mm-hmm. it was just
0: clean. Cleaner, yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying, but Low End Theory had like that Low End Theory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, it had, it had that like that, that like hypeness to it. Hell you know yeah. what I'm saying, but my, one of my all-time favorite songs from them is Lyrics to Go. Oh, dude, you, you, that 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 eeriness. I think it's many repetitions. I don't know who they said, but that yeah. eeriness of that that sample that just carries through throughout the, the whole, whole song.
0: Yeah. But you see, and and I and we we had this because uh, D- BT is airing the uh, the Death Row Chronicles right now, yeah, and yeah. and I and 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 I hear people say, how many times can you tell a story? Like it, it's getting old, but the the unique part about the Death Row Chronicles is that it's from Shook's perspective, mm. and I think a part of me always assumed that. Um, you know, because the, the the image that's that you know to his own fault or whatever the media, whatever it, it's this menacing. Yeah, yeah, maybe you know you start to create this this assumption of this guy and yeah. and hearing him talk, you like. This thing is a genius, you know? Yeah. Yep, <laughs> but, yep. but then I also I also imagine with all this time having have gone past by now that he would have some sort of bitterness and maybe whenever he did tell a story, it wouldn't be as honest and it'd be sort of biased and he'd, yeah, yeah. And he'd be little Dre and Snoop and all this shit. And that's not the case. Yeah. He's actually bigging him up in the whole document. Yeah, mo- yeah. it, at least in the first part of the um yeah, yeah. those first two episodes. Mm-hmm. But the, the the section when they're talking about the chronic and its impact and the um the uh, initial eventually what got it picked up was that 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 cl- how clean it yes. was in terms of hip-hop yes. but at, at dre dre at his best is just is just this like uber fan of the bomb squad yeah, and so it, you yeah. it, it's just it 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 started off as that but he was always able to get a much cleaner sound yep. and and q-tip talks about it is that fucking chronic is what wow. inspired yeah. them to get, get a much cleaner sound yeah. on midnight marauders and it, yeah. it makes so much sense so yeah. sorry
1: no no, no off on a tangent that's good that's good that's good
0: <laughs> but uh i so we're, we're at high school mm-hmm. and then and then what you, college how was that was that predetermined or did it did it start to develop as you got through school I, i'm always fascinated to have that conversation because it i i I my my either my mom or my dad were talking about it, it's like that College, college for them in their homes was always a discussion, but not in their friends' homes. Like it, nobody yeah. talked about college like yeah, yeah. that per se. Yeah, yeah. It didn't become like this given thing for for black people until late or not. I won't say later, but it always it wasn't always this predetermined thing in every black household. Yeah. So what? What? When did that happen for you, or was it always just like I'm going, to, duh, I'm going to college?
1: No, I think it happened later. I think it happened in high school. Got it. And um, I think my mom wanted me to go to college because mm. I think at the time none of my my grandma had, had thirteen kids. Wow! And a whole bunch of cousins. I have mm-hmm. a whole bunch of cousins, but I don't think none of my my aunts and uncles went to college. Wow! My mom eventually did later on in life. But, okay. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I think it was like happening in high school. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in a junior in high school, whatever, a representative from the Art Institute of Atlanta came, and I knew I wanted to be some type of artist. Mm-hmm. First, I wanted to be. An, a, in the NBA, of course, because Michael <laughs> Jordan and the Horn is where I'm like, oh, that's what I'm shooting for. And my mom was like, well, you know. <laughs> let me tell. Let me tell you. Yeah, man. let me tell you something. You <laughs> know, um, so that was a look wherever. Then at some point in junior, I like I tried out for varsity, didn't make it. Like, you know what? Yeah. I'm cool. I'm I'm an artist. So anyway, so this guy from our institute came in and told me about design and mm-hmm. art, you know, and illustration. I was like, okay, I want to do that. Yeah, that's what I want to do. And I remember in, in senior year, we had shop class. This is when we learned about electronic mail. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we have to make a business card saying <laughs> what we want to be. I remember distinctively, I think I posted it one time on IG. I put on there my name, and I, want, and I put graphic artist and illustrator. Wow. So this is like in 93, dude. So I'm like calling it. Calling yeah. it, dude. And yeah. then it ended up happening. So mm-hmm. I think that's when, I, that's when it was, okay, yeah, I'm going to do college. Mm-hmm. But I knew... By that guy coming in at my art in my art class about our institute, I was like, "Oh, I can do college just for art. Mm. I don't have to do like uh, the four year, some other thing, whatever." And so, um, yeah. So then I moved to Atlanta after high school. I mean, uh, after yeah, after high school, moved to Atlanta.
0: And then and then talk and so that what is it? What we talked was it 94, 94, 90, 94. Okay. So 94. what what's Atlanta like in 94? dude
1: man? I'm I was green, so I didn't you know. I didn't do much of anything. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of, my mom put the fear in me really early <laughs> on in their life, whatever. So I was shook by her just appearing out of nowhere. Oh yeah. But one thing I did appreciate about Atlanta is the hip hop shows. Oh yeah. So I would see all the stuff that the source talked about. Mm-hmm. They would actually come, come to come Atlanta.
0: to Atlanta was a stop for them. Yeah. yeah.
1: And this is when everybody was moving from the east to, to the come south because yeah, yeah. of the cost of living was cheaper. Yeah. Like Eric Sermon had a rim shop Sarmier. in Atlanta. Short
0: was out there by. Short, I think Short was out there by then too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah like everybody was coming to Atlanta, mm-hmm. like setting up. Five, sh- five was five there yeah, by Fife then. Was yeah, there, yeah. Fife was there. So, um, it was a party town, dude. <laughs> Straight a <laughs> party town. Did you and
0: hit the ground running, or did you have to like sort of warm up to get into? I had to warm up to
1: it because I, like I said, I'm. I just wanted to dance. Yeah, I was yeah. a big. I was a huge. I still love dance where I just really wanted to dance and see hip hop shows. Yeah. All the people who I grew up seeing in the source mm. or like I remember seeing the charcoal quest for the first time Damn. the um biggie I remember seeing biggie perform with I think it was God Almighty with like um uh, uh with boot camp wow boot camp Buck, clip with, yeah with, with, with black uh with with black moon and buckshot yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying I remember seeing J.Rue I remember seeing him like premiere and you ever seen it? like De La Soul. So like, they,
0: was it was it like a certain venue or would it be like yeah, on campus?
1: No, certain venue. So my um, so my school we didn't have a campus because it was like an art school. Got it. So we had had housing, but my cousin went to Morehouse. Okay. So the AUC dude, Atlanta University Center. Wow. It was cracking because <laughs> you would have Morehouse and Spellman mm, yeah. and Clark Atlanta. And Morris Brown was sort of off to the side, wherever. That's when everybody would just come in. Everybody from anywhere, from Damn. New York, Damn. from Calif- from California. Everybody came in as one melting pot of the AUC. Yeah. No, but black folks, just yeah. all black people. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, so a lot of the shows I would see, there was this place called the Warehouse, mm-hmm. which is I've where heard I was,
0: about the Warehouse. several. I, I different... was at.
1: Oh, I saw a pop called Quest. Mm. There was a, a shootout. Wow. I,
0: after, after the show?
1: After, no, during the show. During... Like, do like, <laughs> pop up, pop, pop like what the. F- I'm seeing the trial called Quest, the most non violent group ever. There's gunshots. This is crazy. And then, then the garage mm-hmm. is where I saw like, like, um, Diggable Planets mm-hmm. and all like the most not obscure, but just the people who are like at their height. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, damn, man. Even Usher used to, I used to, Usher used to hang out in one of the housing complexes for our school. Wow. So I would see Usher with like, he was like, He's like a little younger to be like he was maybe 16, 17, mm. whatever. Just kicking it, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, yeah, it was it was it was special, dude. Damn, man, it was so special. Like and then Freaknik, of course.
0: That's what I was gonna ask. What was, what was Freaknik? So so and and then because I don't. It's it's all it's all through like stories and shit like that. I, I really still don't even fully understand what Freaknik is.
1: Um, so it's basically like I think it's basically like a. All black. I don't even know how. How the how it started? <laughs> it just appeared, right? But I think is basically like all the black people come and part. It's like a party. Yeah. But I think it was based around maybe sororities or fraternities got at it, some got point. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, but anyway, it's just a big old party. Damn. And they have different events all over the place. And the AUC is where you want to be. It's either it's downtown. I oh, got it. Got it. Um, it's called um the underground. The underground is like sort of like in the center of, of Atlanta oh. downtown and i was overwhelming for me like I said, mm. i'm green like i'm scared my mom's gonna <laughs> pop up the bush what what you doing out here like sorry ma so i just kind of laid in the cut for most of it but my last year in atlanta 97 is when i really really took it in and so this is me exploring in the beginnings me being an entrepreneur yeah. and creating something and seeing the people like it so um i already had, i finished college i had an associate degree for illustration mm. i didn't have a computer at the time but i did i wanted to make a t-shirt because mm. in atlanta it was all about the freaking t-shirts yeah but those are like those are the things people leave with
0: and keep forever yeah
1: keep forever and so i'm like okay i want to make it usually the the t-shirts are like you know it's like booty shakers asses out whatever mm. like the want to have the whole because that's like the scene of, of atlanta but i said like, okay i want to do something in that vein but just more nuanced than that yeah so um this is crazy i created a t-shirt based off the design of a kool-aid pack so i would take the word freaknik and, and I would put in the text it. of the kool-aid yes. <laughs> and the flavor was downtown atlanta wow flavor so i had a drawing of you know some buildings that what they represent the with the skyline mm-hmm. of Atlanta, and I had, like, the scene you would see in Freakney is yeah. that. Dudes with their video cameras looking at women. Yeah. So I had one side of the t-shirt, two dudes with the video camera, and then the other side, two women. Like, the women, like, you know, it's, it's class, but it's still, like, you know, it's form-fitted, yeah, outfits, yeah. whatever, but then in the middle is, is the building of Atlanta. Please
0: tell me you still have this.
1: My mom, do- dude, I don't know, man. My mom, I think my mom has one. And then on the back, though, check this wow. shit out, on the back, I had... Nutritional... Nutritional <laughs> <can> facts. <laughs> so, but I would list down
0: oh, what shit. those facts are, this right?
1: Safe sex, 50%. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a party time. Like I had a list down of what the so what dope. the facts of for this t-shirt. Wow. And um, so I got it printed. I had no money, but I got it printed. How many
0: did you move?
1: I sold all of them. Yeah. I, I maybe printed maybe 200. I, I can't remember, dude. That was yeah. This was like over like 20 years ago. Uh, but then I remember this was the first night, the, the night before Freedney, this was Thursday night, I went to get my haircut mm. for actually for the last time in my life. In in the for the last time in life for like like three years, mm. four years. Went to get my haircut, then I'm showing the barber like, okay, I'm selling Freedney t shirts. This other guy had t shirts too. Uh-huh. So we were both like, he had to he had to pick which one, one he yeah. wants to pick from. And he said, Okay, this is fresh. But I like his because his is different. I'm yeah. like, yes i got him got him so that's when okay i'm on to something yeah and so so literally from my first time I'm, I'm fully embracing freaknik so i'm out there as me and my roommate and my homeboy joe um we were out there s- selling t-shirts throughout atlanta dude like we almost got arrested two times Shit. and in freaknik in atlanta traffic is always bad uh-huh. and so it's a major highway it's like 85 right it goes right through downtown atlanta we're selling t-shirts on the highway, highway. We're just like, get your, t- get your t-shirt, get your t-shirt. And then at some point, you know what traffic is, is packed and it's not. Yeah. At some point, I'm like, the a t-shirt, the car pull off. I look, no cars on the highway. <laughs> I'm in the middle of the highway, dude. And then I'm like, shit, I'm looking for my car because my roommate drove all the way up. Yeah. And then the cops say, okay, you got five seconds to get in your car. I'm like, holy shit, I'm booking. Me and my homie's like, we're running, we're running, see my, see my home. Uh, my roommate, got my car and sped off, man. Damn. It was the best experience in my life, dude. Wow. Then at the end of the event, Sunday, we had no shirts left. Mm. We see somebody walking up with the t shirt. And nobody knew who, who, who did it. Yeah, who yeah. did it? It was like, who? That was it, man. Wow. Then after that, I moved to Chicago.
0: Damn. And then what? And then, <coughs> wow. So ch- moving fast, but what's from, from Atlanta to Chicago? What was that move? What was centered around that move? What was that move centered around? Excuse me.
1: Um, So when I went to school for Atlanta, I went to school f- for illustration, mm. right? And at the time, they didn't have a four-year program for graphic design. Got it. And so in order for me to move up, I needed to move to a sister location in, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so, like, don't get me wrong, I loved Atlanta, but it was a party town. It was too much of a party town for me, yeah. for my aesthetics, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I think that uh, I miss it now because there was some really dope experiences I had whatever really awkward experiences as well being you know adolescent <laughs> in a part of the time i remember going to the club nicky's with a strip joint for the first time mm-hmm. not knowing what it was
0: just kind of walking there like yeah damn. like you,
1: for real i do I, I was i was shook dude because like it wasn't the women it was the dudes in there These uh-huh. like hard rock dudes yeah. i'm just like this very awkward nerdy <laughs> black kid from charlotte like it was just like just not my experience <laughs> you know what i'm saying my roommate was... That's another story, man.
0: <laughs> nah, is, strip clubs in the South, I tell anybody that'll listen to, like... Because first, the first strip club I've ever went to was in the Bay. Yeah, yeah. And I think, especially in the city, it's like they don't get... They don't get, f- like, full... Neck, like, some some weird-ass rule yeah, that... Yeah. That in a strip club... Are you kidding me? So... I'm assuming that all the rules are like that mm-hmm. in the in the strip club. I'm yeah, going yeah. off San Francisco rules. You yeah, no don't yeah. touch, you kinda just chill, do the thing. And then we go to Houston for a AAU tournament. We're we're super underage. We're like sixteen. Yeah, yeah. But the one of the one of the uh top players on the team had mm-hmm. a fake and he looked fucking thirty at that time anyway. Yeah, yeah. And uh I was like, man, it's the south, they gonna let us in. Just tip yeah. them at the door. We we're like, brother, and we got our little shoe money, our little uh-huh. spending money for our trip. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was saving up for the uh, the Cardinal Sevens, I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. And I blew all that because <laughs> 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 we got in there and it was butt ass snake. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is different, you know. Dude, so it was just it's like, yeah,
1: it's a, uh, I mean, I only to be honest, I only went to one or two in my whole life wherever that was the one I went to in, in Atlanta. And it was, shout like, out to Onyx, by the way, um, um <laughs> it was, uh, it was, um. It was an experience, man. Yeah. It was humbling. I was humbled there. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, like, I never knew women can look like look that. Look like that, Because yeah. I went from high school to, to seeing the... these women, like, glistening, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying, yeah. and moving. I was like, I was I was, just like, <laughs> let, me something just, else. let me just take this in, dude. I'm not even trying to, like, be in it. I'm going to be a fly on the wall and take this <laughs> in and really process it later on in life, you know what I'm saying? And so, so anyway, so then.
0: Chicago, Chicago, yeah. yeah.
1: Chicago. So I went, so I transferred to a school in Chicago that was a sister school mm. for graphic design mm. where the, the degree was visual visual communication. Got it. Is a, like the, the, the title this of the is, degree. This is,
0: where were we at, 97, 98?
1: 97. Okay. 97. So I lived in Chicago from 97 into 2000. Wow. Another experience through hip hop. Like I had to see all the shows. That's when I really upped my level in terms of seeing more of the more... Um, underground scenes oh, yeah. where like um, Hieroglyphics had a, <laughs> yeah. the uh, the Third Eye Vision tour, I think, uh, with the song "You Never Know" mm. that that album, whatever. And so I remember seeing them and Dilated Peoples, wow. and I remember Evidence like that dude like
0: Evidence is crazy, man. So
1: it's so crazy, dude. You hear his last album?
0: Yes. The um, it's it is whether or not. Whether, but th- didn't he do a joint record too? So I'm, I'm getting him confused because he just did a joint. He did a joint record before that, and then he did the new one you're talking about. Okay, I head. didn't, I didn't hear the joint yeah, record. Yeah, yeah,
1: But whether or not, dude, like I've always been a fan of his, dude. Like he, I saw his progression. Mm-hmm. I saw from the, from the the first solo album to the second one, I really liked, and mm-hmm. this one just like he just like he's going someplace it's out one. there. Yeah. Anyway, so I remember seeing him in Chicago. Um, he was performing like right, and um. It was him and um what's another group from out here? Oh my gosh. Latirix, I think. Remember Latirics?
0: Mm-hmm. get mm oh. I'm gonna get murdered for that Ooh, too. Laterix, I don't even Laterix, mind, like... So
1: is Lyrics Born and Latif the true speaker. They're down with uh with DJ Shadow. Mm-hmm. Soul Size, I think mm-hmm. was the the collector, whatever. Anyway. So, you know, Evidence is all up, they're all about freestyle. Whatever, yeah, like, yeah. literally, dude, the show was over
0: and they're still going. No,
1: no, no, he he tells people, okay, I'll meet you outside if y'all want to battle.
0: <laughs> evidence said that, <laughs> yeah, he said that,
1: dude. By the time I come out, he's right there waiting. He was just like, had his hand ready. What's like, up? Right, what's what's up? up? What's up? I was like, holy, this dude is not, he was serious. <laughs> he literally <laughs> ran off the stage, like, no promo, no, like, you know, people like wait, yeah. just to like shake hands. Where Damn, he was like, could
0: you could you do that today? With the way shit is set up,
1: I don't know, man. But this is the place called the Metro. Mm-hmm. Have you heard, Have you heard of the Metro in mm-hmm. Chicago? Mm-hmm. The best place to see hip hop show, dude. Wow. That like different still still exist. I'm not sure where mm. it's right across the street from Wrigley Field, okay, from the Cubs Arena. So anyway, so in Chicago it was really at this point it wasn't so much about illustration, but it was about design. Now got it. This is when I really tried to bone up on design and understanding magazine mm-hmm. layout and 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 um.
0: Are you are you working on the computer by this? Point? Yeah, by okay, this, yeah, okay. by this
1: time I'm on the computer. But a lot of classes, the computer is the last thing you touch. Wow, you're sketching. So you,
0: got, you got to be able to understand the
1: whole yeah. time. Like if you have a class, you know, what I'm saying, um, I had a logo class, mm-hmm. and do we have to draw your logo. If the class is for ten weeks, you're drawing for eight weeks, <laughs> and then two weeks you have two weeks to. Digitize it, it, yeah. Digitize wow. it, you know what I'm saying? So wow. for it is about like sketching. This is why I learned the power of sketching. You Got learned you. The power of ideas and translating like sketching is the best tool you can ever have as an artist. Yeah. Even as a writer too, right? You just write it out. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's tangible, is it's a it's a very um tactile experience, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's very immediate. Yeah. You write it and you see it. So therefore when you get to record or you get to, to, to draw it or design it. It's a breeze now because mm-hmm. you already figured out, you answered, you figured out your solutions by hand versus on the computer. Absolutely. Because computers can't solve your problems. Wow. Like audit tunes can't solve the fact that you can't sing. You can sing. sing, absolutely. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's the same thing with computers. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I understand that a computer is a pencil. Got you. Only a pencil. So in school, it was all about that and pushing and this yeah. when I my love for magazines really pushed further because now I'm seeing art magazines Got now, you. design-focused magazines right. that sort of like vibe, but just push more visual side versus text so, yeah. and, and narrative, you know what I'm saying? So, Or narrative is it displayed visually through the visually art, yeah, through yeah, the yeah. art yeah. you know? And so, um, so, yeah, it was really, Chicago was really about <clears throat> design, hip hop, and that's when I started doing open mic poetry too a little Damn, bit. Man. So, because I always was a writer, like just do like low key, like not really. Tra- okay, we'll we'll talk about that. <laughs>
0: uh oh, we we do it, we do it. We talk. We talk
1: about that in Philly. We talk about <laughs> the Philly experience. But um,
0: so the, so so when where does Philly come in play in terms of so after the, what's after Chicago? You so go.
1: Chicago. Uh, after I graduated in '99, mm. I moved to Philly in 2000. Okay, and so once again, like Chicago really was me trying to even embrace being an entrepreneur freelancing because i had chicago was chicago was because i did a little bit of of freelancing in atlanta but i wasn't ready yet yeah i didn't have enough experience to really push that absolutely chicago after school i had a full-time job Mm. um this lady was crazy i learned a lot from she was like insane she was nuts dude but i learned so much like she would i would design something on the computer she was like what the fuck is this yeah start back over i'm like okay and then later she's like well what you did was okay but i know the client was looking for that right like, you should have told me that the first time but still like is is like exercise it's absolutely like it's boot camp absolutely you know, left there did freelance work i even did some illustrations for playboy mm-hmm. um there's this late i lived in, while you were in
0: chicago because isn't chicago. that where playboy yeah. originally started Chicago. Yeah. okay yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so
1: i live in, in south side um Hyde park chicago mm-hmm in um, uh, South Southside, whatever. And so I had this question, this lady I used to ride a bus with. She's just a beautiful black woman, man. She mm. definitely older than me, way out in my league. But I just chopped it up with her a little bit. She's, oh, I work at Playboy. I said, you do? <laughs> I'm an illustrator. And so I met with the guys there, and I showed them my illustrations. And they were, of course, they're looking for them like, news style, whatever. I yeah. didn't have any at the time. But they gave me a project. I, I did wow. an illustration for their website.
0: Damn, man. So...
1: And this was early. That was
0: early for this, a website. Yeah. yeah,
1: this is like where this is like when they were starting to really bone up on their, their web stuff. Got you know it. what I'm saying? And so, um, so anyway, so then after, um, at one point, I had a bunch of friends of mine. One friend of mine, her homegirl, lived in Philly, mm-hmm. and then one of my homeboys, my homeboy who I was selling t shirts with in Atlanta, he was doing multimedia and video work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm doing graphics. My homegirl was going to do marketing. Her friend who was already in Philly. Was a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. I said we should always just move to Philly, just run that shit. Damn. And um, <clears throat> nobody ended up moving. I'm <laughs> but, like, oh, but you, but me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm there. Like, okay, I guess it's just me. And then her friend ended up moving, went to New York after wow. a while. So, so really, I moved to Philly with no no idea where Philly was, no plan of action. Just like, let me just move here. Yeah. And once again, I'm, I'm still I'm a freelancer. At the gotcha. Time. So, um, moved to Philly. And now, this is when I get into more of the Afro consciousness, Afrocentric consciousness. and, <laughs> and Philly just
0: kind of breathes that. You had not no choice. Then. Yeah, like
1: you just, at the time I had the dreadlocks, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. This is going back to my last haircut in Atlanta. got gotcha, you. Gotcha. All of Chicago, and never had a haircut. I just had massive Dread, just, hair, dreads, yeah. whatever. So then in Atlanta, in Philly, I had to look. I was doing poetry at the mm. time, open mic poetry. And so I had to, like the so people came to be like, What's the science God? Or what's the whatever? Like, <laughs> yada yada and I'm like, dude, I don't know anything. I know fonts, I know Helvetica. Talking to you Helvetica all damn day. Let's talk about that. I didn't I didn't really oh, really embrace it that much. Oh man. So anyway, so Sophia was more like on the Afrocentric vibe. Got you, you know, that's when I really, you know, really started to pay attention to it and read a lot of books, whatever and um. So design, this and This is when I start to experience <clears throat> designing from a standpoint of um, doing freelance work for community organizations. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To where, like, you know, I'm do- I'm designing a poster for this event, a blues event, a blues festival yeah. that's helping the community in Philly. Yeah. This is that shift now to where Absolutely. it's like, now I'm doing freelance work, but now I'm more comfortable with doing it. Still not charged enough, but yeah. more comfortable <laughs> in doing it. But now it's more like directly for the community of Philadelphia. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So what's um, getting Philly now is all about is Neil Soul now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Jill Scott. They the, were the, 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 the birthplace of yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, and um, do I did work. I did a, pho- uh, a photographic collage for Teddy Pendergrass. Wow. I don't even know how that happened. This guy was like he needs a, f- a collage of himself as a kid, mm. his son, then his grandson. So I like did this merge in Photoshop of their three of the generation and put like you know legacy or something at the bottom, uh-huh. you know. And so um
0: and went, and they loved it, of course. Yeah. They
1: loved it, <laughs> dude. It's crazy, man. So
0: Philly, so Philly wasn't a um because I think I think initially I was getting a getting a um, getting a vibe that that Philly. Philly was kind of seen as like a bust because everybody just kind of left. You, yeah. you, you had this plan and no one came, but it actually ended up being super beneficial in the in the process of the journey, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. Okay.
1: Okay. Totally. Like your Philly, like yeah, it. Be, I lived there for seven years. Wow. So I lived there for. I, I moved. That's when I after I moved in 2000, 2007, I moved out here. Okay. So Philly, I lived there for seven years, and so even though it was a bust in terms of all these people, like. It just made me realize I have to do my own shit. Your
0: own, yo, yeah. You
1: know what I'm saying? Really just focus on what I'm trying to do, whatever. So, um, But Philly is, and that's when I really started to embrace the open mic poetry scene. Mm-hmm. And um, I just really went in, man. And so yeah. this this is when, you know, a lot of deaf Poetry Jam, uh-huh. I think, was was popping in, whatever. And so, but I was try to be the anti- Lyricist
0: Lounge and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah Lyricist yeah, yeah.
1: Lounge was heavy. And I remember... I was trying to be the opposite of what everybody else was doing. Gotcha. Right? everybody was like, you know, but, that stuff, but that stuff, mm. I am pro black, but I love her and you suck my nipples and that, 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 that. like it's a mixture of all the stuff. It's like, nah, man. I'd be like the most random shit. I had like, you know, like it would be stream of consciousness or like some, you know, out of poem about me making greens one time and just like just just random yeah. stuff, whatever. But it was a scene. It was That's, like it was real. Oh yeah. I never did the slam stuff because I really wasn't that competitive. I just did it because I just it was just you know exercise and
0: do. expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. What and then from and then from um how how do you, how do you go from uh, from Philly? What brings you to Oakland after that?
1: So in Philly, I was tired of the winters. Hmm. Um, and at the time, like I said, it was definitely I was tired of the scene a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wanted something different. I said, okay, I'm, I got one more big move in me. Where is that going to be? Yeah. And at the time, I was dating uh, a woman who was from Houston. Mm-hmm. And we were like kind of serious wherever. Then at some point, we became not serious. <laughs> so, I, But I had a ticket to go visit her mom. Uh-huh. So I had this used to Southwest tickets. Like, okay, what am I going to do with this ticket? So in Chicago, a good friend of mine was from the Bay. From he was from Cupertino. Okay. He was also a hip hop head. He okay. put me on to like.
0: He put you on all the underground Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that, who, that's who, okay. And so
1: so he put me on to like you know to to uh uh to, with the company flow and to to with AC alone mm. and then Mike and I and all the whole that whole yeah. thing whatever. So he put you on to them. Mm-hmm. Like holy shit. Or even even evidence to to a certain extent. Okay. He, he, I found out from, from him. So then. Chopping up when I'm on the phone, I was like yeah, don't want something different. Oh, you should come to San Jose. I'm like, all right, cool. So this is in seventeen, or in 07, in February of 07, I moved. Uh, went to visit him, and I used Damn, that. You ticket. were
0: you were moving when I was leaving. That's crazy. Yeah, That's a yeah, trip. yeah, yeah.
1: So I moved. I came to visit San Jose and loved it. Oh my god, it's so different from Philly. Palm trees, you know, it was warm outside. I had a little bit of rain, but it was just like just totally different from Philly. Yeah. We, we toured the whole bay. Definitely we're record shopping because he's, he's a hip-hop head like I was. Okay. So, um, and because um, when I met him in Chicago, he wasn't making beats yet. Mm-hmm. But he saw I had the insonic EPS. Mm-hmm. She so he was, oh, shit, I want to start making beats. So then he moved back, came back to the Bay started doing more engineering, music engineering. Then he eventually shifted to making beats, whatever. So when I came to here, he had this whole little crew in the South Bay. Damn. Where they were just making beats. They had this thing called Beat Suites where they'll pick a artist to sample. And then they were like, damn. Do that, whatever. They so it. they were on it
0: early, damn.
1: Yeah, man. So then when I moved, I said, okay, fucking moving out here. Mm-hmm. And at the time when I moved, I got rid of all of my equipment because of my girlfriend and Philly at the time, the one prior to the one who I was from Houston, mm-hmm. she was like, well, you should just focus on your art and your design. You shouldn't try to stop making these beats. Cause I had like those EP I made. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, man. It was kind. It was okay. It was all right. <laughs> we, reflect, we reflect it right yeah, now real like time. It definitely way, your, your stuff is way better than the, what I was doing whatever. But it was, <laughs> it, anyway, so I had no equipment. Mm. So when I moved to the, California, lived in San Jose, they were doing that thing like, fuck it, I need to do something now. Yeah, so I yeah. bought it, a, a, bought an NPC a 1000 mm. just to keep up with them. Yeah. And I had my record players at my mom's house told to ship it to me with all my records. <laughs> so I just started back with that. So I moved, in, I was in San Jose, still doing freelance work. Yeah. Um, but all of my, this is before telecommuting was popular. Yeah. So yeah. all my East Coast clients were like, well, shoot, you're in California. We might as well use somebody locally here in Philly. I'm like, yeah. fuck it. Yeah. Then I, then I got a full-time job and that's the job I finally left. Wow. So I was there for
0: 10 years, dude. Wow. What was, What well, can I ask what, what it was? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
1: it was, dude, it was, it was, it was a boring job, but I mean, the, the stuff we did was boring, but I tried to make it exciting. Mm-hmm. It was a research and analysis firm. Okay. So I did all the graphics for the conferences we had, we published a magazine. Yeah. Um, and so that was when you know, I was just kind of just doing that. And mm-hmm. this is when 08 happened, the recession happened. Mm-hmm. I was there as a contractor first. When the recession happened, like, shit, I need to get a job. Yeah. So I just worked there full time and then just ended up being there. I reinvented myself at least five times at that job. Wow. I had to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I had flexibility to work from home. And then, like, I was still in San Jose. Mm-hmm. At some point, I was like, I don't know if I like San Jose anymore.
0: Yeah, <laughs> That's what it's like, damn, you did San Jose for a long time. Yeah, right? like, I was yeah.
1: there for like a year and two months. Okay. And um, then a friend of mine from Philly had a friend of hers. She was staying with in Oakland. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll come hang out with you. So I come out to Oakland. I'm like, oh, shit.
0: That's, Word? Where, I, that's where I
1: need to be. And then I went to... Lucas, uh-huh. yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of house music. I love house music, and there was a party called Brother and Sister Party, mm-hmm. and we were doing the house shit, whatever, woo woo, woo. And then there's one f- sister was like, "Well, if you like this party, you should go to this party." It mm-hmm. was the People Party. Damn. This is when the People Party was at at Oasis mm-hmm. off of um, off of Oak Oak Street in Ninth and um <clears throat> or twelve something like that. Anyway, so I was like, "Okay, I'm moving to Oakland." <laughs> so then this was 08 my, August sometime I mm. moved to Oakland in October of 08 yeah it was a wrap
0: so you I've know. been there
1: every I've been to Oakland like going on for 10 years now wow
0: and then and then when when is the because ins- I, I, I um umber isn't it, it's not a new idea you've been working on this for a minute
1: yeah I came up with the idea of umber in Philly okay and so there is in college in Chicago there is this magazine my teacher always talk about called Immigrate. Mm-hmm. And Immigrate is a design magazine that featured design, typography, nuanced culture, and definitely like visual design, right? Yeah. It started here actually in the Bay. Wow. And there's a husband and wife team. They were immigrants, that's mm-hmm. why they call it Immigrate. immigrate yeah. And so um, wow. the husband was the graphic designer. Uh-huh. The wife was the font designer. Got it. So they will market their new fonts in the magazine. <laughs> Fucking genius. genius!
0: It's genius. So you
1: make a font, you know, then you put it in the magazine that people are already follow. it yeah. So then they'll buy your font because you is in the magazine. Exactly. So in in Chicago, he always talked about them. I just love their aesthetic because mm. it's very high concept, nuanced, kooky, weird. But they just did it. and so A place to
0: showcase what, the, what they do. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And so, exactly. Yeah. And so then in Philly, I was like, what if I did a black version of this? Wow. What would that look like? Yeah. And so in '06, I came up with the term umber. umber. And so, because I was an artist, it's a pigment that people, it's called burnt umber. It's like the pigment artists use like this brown pigment. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up. Umber means brown pigment from the earth.
0: Hmm. Like, That's it. You can't. Can't I'm I'm
1: brown from the earth. (laughs) and As an artist, I use this color. And so that's when the the concept came about. And so um, I just wanted to make a visual magazine that was coming from the perspective of black and brown people. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because as art, art, Archie Fartie magazines, they're out there. We're represented. But spotty. It's like here, there. Never like.
0: It's almost like a quota that you have to fill. Yes. It feels. But
1: You know what I realized, though? This is. And we. This is. I wanted to talk a little bit about diversity and people talk about inclusion, whatever. Like, Mm. so, just for example, a company like Facebook. In the beginning, he's going to bring in his people. Oh yeah. So if he doesn't hang out with a lot of people of color, black people, brown people, you're not going to see that reflected in the beginning Mm. and throughout. People going to just people, his people going to hire their people. That's just what it's going to be. Absolutely. I don't think that he set out to make a white company.
0: I I feel like that I feel like that sometimes too. I I I I definitely agree. Um but then the 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 flip side of that is that for some reason when we're in position we don't go get our people. Yes. And 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 sometimes it's justified cuz sometimes yep. trying to put your partners on is not the best yes. idea. Yes, yes. But the if they I don't I don't I don't know I don't know how that works and what that looks like in a sense of like damn, I have this idea for this Amazing company. Yeah, I want to put all my people in positions of power, and I look at like the LeBron model, for example. Yep, like yep. it's like, damn, that's how would, that's technically how it should go, yeah. or or the Rock Nation model, where yeah. it's it's your people, like you brought them in.
1: But here's the thing, though. So you almost have to build a community first before you can do that. There you go. Right. So therefore, when I did Umber, I was like, wait, so who do I know? Oh, they're dope. She, yeah. They're dope. They're dope. Oh. And they're black or brown,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like that's the shift. There you go. To where it's like you f- you have this com- you found this amazing a uh, community of artists or like minded thinkers, and they happen to be really really dope with what they do. Absolutely. And so what I wanted Umber to be is that you read Umber for perspective, mm-hmm. but they are just dope in what they do regardless. Yeah. So that's just like a like it was almost like there's a duality, and I don't know if you go through this as an artist too, is that. I want to be known as a dope designer and illustrator, mm-hmm. right? Um, just as a craft aspect of it. Yeah. But then, if I want to touch on something culturally relevant to me, mm-hmm. there's more of a personal expression of what I'm trying to do. But as a craftsman, I want you to hire me because I'm dope, yeah. not because I'm black. Yeah. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the shift where it's like, once again, back with Facebook, whatever. He just have dope these. People who he, who we consider dope and what they do, whatever mm-hmm. they just happen to be who they are, yeah. right? And so for me, and particularly in the, even if you think about LeBron James, where I'm sure you look at these people, wait a second, they're kind of on point. I should bring them in,
0: yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? Versus like, well, these Mahomes, they are kind of like I, I'm not really sure what they can do, whatever. But let me just bring them in. Yeah. So I think there's a
0: there's you, a different, subtle, subtle difference, yeah, yeah.
1: And that's what Umber is. Is almost like when I created, wait a second, I know a lot of amazing people. Yeah. Personally and directly, Mm. I'd love to get them in this magazine. Wow! And then realize, oh, holy shit, there's probably another wave of that too, to where people who they know know exactly, exactly, and they know dope people too. So I think that's is the tenets of armor to where it's like be excellent in your craft, be nuanced in your perspective. You know what I'm saying? And your your identity. Will come through in the way you talk about what you talk about, but you don't have mm-hmm. to talk about you are black. You just talk about, about it, and the blackness come out. It
0: comes out, and, and that, oh, damn, who was that? Um, I forgot. There was someone I was talking to that I was saying, um, oh, uh, I had Pfizer or I had uh, Pin Darvis yeah, on, yeah. and I was telling him through his through through his right through his KQED pieces, yeah. Um, he isn't going out of his way to let you know that he's a black journalist. Yep, yep. You know, he, he just doesn't have to. Yep. It's the it's the it's the particular language that he's using yes. and a particular pacing that just makes that shit clear as day to someone like me. Yep. And that's what was missing in in any in a lot of art forms, because there's, there's these artists that are doing this pro-black shit, yeah. and it just it just reeks of it reeks of desperation in yeah, the sense yeah. of just making a statement. Because being woke is is yeah. fucking profitable now, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, yeah. there, but and so with same thing, I'm that I told Pandarvis, I'm gonna tell you with Umber, I, f- I felt like I was being represented in text, and I had yeah, yeah. I genuinely hadn't felt like that since like the early. Um, source and slam magazines and shit like that where somebody was clearly writing from a perspective that was real and not this forced one whatever trying to let people know that they were black you don't have to say that if you if you're being authentic and the the cool thing about umber is that it was the it was covering the that that broad spectrum of being black too you feel me it wasn't just this one lane and literally (laughs) the the um i kept seeing it everywhere and then when i got when i finally got my issue in the mail Mm -hmm. I, I research every single person that was in that book because wow. it was just like, but that's what I would do with liner notes yep. that's yep. what I would do with, yes. with, with, with the source that's what I would do with all those magazines it's oh, like this person's amazing and and it's it's like it's the greatest gift to be put on some dope shit that's infinite yep. because put me on that person puts me it's like um I'll never forget falling into that void of like uh uh, Thundercat and Terrace Martin and all yeah, that. Yeah. It's like wait, there's Kamazi too. Yeah. Wait, there's yeah. Kendrick. Wait, there's is yeah. the, all these people, <clears throat> and it's like damn. Like, and
1: it, it's funny; those relationships were developed over the years. years. Like, you know, this they is what did, you were just talking about. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So, like all the people who, particularly in issue issue one, I've known these people for at least almost five years. That's amazing. There's like three people who I've never met before in my life. Mm. One of them actually had a connection with. um I find out we had a connection later on yeah. during the process, work, but I didn't know that when I met her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying, and so that's what it is. That's what it is, and now it's like once that tone is set, now I can reach out to people who I may not know, but they fit the vibe of Umber. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying, because I think one of the things um, that I think artists we not struggle with, but that one of the things we try to do, and e- and Erica Badu said this a lot too, whatever, is that I create something that hopefully you'll. Like, but this is, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to do me.
0: Absolutely. Always. And then Always. it's like, Okay.
1: If somebody likes it. this, yes, I want that. <laughs> but at the same time, this is just who I am. Yeah. So Umber all as from the front to the back represented something that for like I believed in Yeah. that I am, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I just hope that there's other people like that. And I didn't, speaking of, you know, of identity and culture, wherever, like I really created Umber to try to, you know, came With the concept of I'm gonna really try to just really impress my design peers, <laughs> it, the black and brown people were like the it's like almost like icing on a cake, yeah. But the support I got from black and brown people has been like, dude, amazing, dude. There you go. And, and for me, coming up with the idea and having people you know willing to embrace my idea and help me out with it through the Kickstarter campaign. Um, you know, I had up once again, these people who are a part of the campaign I've known for years, there you go. And then even now, um, I have. My, my publisher Monica Joe, who I used to work with at my old job. have <laughs> known her for eight years. She's been amazing, helping out with the marketing, advertising aspect. Mm-hmm. Um I have have an editor now. Her name is Shaw. There you go. Um she I met her during the campaign last year. Mm-hmm. She's helping out with the, the with the editorial process for issue two. Mm-hmm. But all these things starts off as relationships. There you go. Has nothing to do with design, nothing to do with whatever. We just cool like that. Just build. You know what I'm saying? And so um that's just this it's been yeah dude
0: man i um i uh, i want to say say thank you i uh, in starting this i made a wish list of people i just had to talk to you know and you and you were definitely at the top and it was it's just uh just from the i don't know i i think about like you said you got to see you you guys see usher and all them hanging out it's like damn like this feel whatever is happening, and especially in, in around the bay, but it's, mm. it, it kind of exists everywhere. I do feel like it's a special time, yes. And I don't want to be that person and be like, damn, I didn't do my part to doc because I'm just in the stories and documenting, yeah. shit and I wanted to do my part in documenting these awesome, like, birthing phases. That you is know, incredible it's so crazy.
1: Shit. Remember the whole, like, if you think about even like this, this, the what the Soul Aquarians or yes, even the exa- Renaissance that, like, exactly, they were just like, they just gravity to-
0: they all ended up in the same place it's same the- time alignment that's alignment you feel me and that's what this feels like yeah, and yes, all these right. incredible people doing amazing shit and yeah. I, I i i want i want my piece of and this it's, it's really it's not for the world it's just for me like yeah, I, yeah, i'm glad yeah. i got to have this conversation with you yeah yeah if we turn on the mic and record it in the process go so up, 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 <laughs> what up. you know so it it covers so many different things and i yeah. just i i, I just want to say on on behalf of creators around the world not just not just creators of colors but creators yeah, creators yeah. around the world yeah, yeah. that that are just infatuated with being dope and yeah, like yeah. I, I don't care what i like respect from from fellow mcs and fellow creators is mm-hmm. what matters the most just yep, being honest yep. you know like yep. that, that that respect amongst your peers yep, is yep. what moves the needle for yes me indeed. personally so yes, indeed, my brother mike Niggles, thank you man yeah
1: same thing for your project dude like i um um yeah, I do, man. You're prolific, dude. Like, you've you really been been putting it down, whatever. I really Thank appreciate you. your perspective Thank and you, your man. album, Rock, is so dope, whatever. And Thank so you, man. I've been bumping it, you know what I'm saying? And the new one you just did, the uh, oh my gosh,
0: uh, the one of the weekly drop things, it was uh, like a short, it was like a sh- uh, uh, politics, yeah, poli- oh, politics. <laughs> politics,
1: man, dude. Like, really, like, you're, I mean, I see. Just like how you were saying as far as what Umber like I see the, the nuance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's almost like if you can if you want to get go bad, you can definitely do that, wherever Oh yeah. Like if you wanna go just very introspective, you could do that yeah. too, whatever. But it's like it's all it shows the what the breadth of your scope. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? It's so like where like where you kinda exist whatever and you're not afraid to like do any of those things, wherever, you know what I'm saying? Thank and so you, brother. um Um yeah, man, like this is this is our time, dude. Yes, like it, it's, I, <laughs> the energy is flowing, whatever. Like, and it's really um, just amazing to be, like you said, like be in the Bay at this particular point. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things too, whatever, one of the main contributors for Umber is Oakland. Yes. Like it had to have, even I came up with the concept in Philly, it was conceived it in Philly, here. but it had to happen here. Mm-hmm. I had to have that experience meet these people, you know, be at my job for, for 10 years in order for me to do this now. Absolutely. So I think there's a lot of things to where and you know, I'm realizing that when you create something, it's almost a culmination of where you are up until this point. Mm-hmm. Even if you do just one single, right? It's yep. a culmination. Like everything that you learn from the time you're born to now is put into that project. Absolutely. And then people once again, if you if you think of the Rock album, you can feel like okay, this is a culmination of him up to this point. Mm-hmm. From the production, from your you know, from your lyrics, from your beats, whatever, everything is like, <sighs> dude. <it's>... <laughs> <laughs> when you do that, wherever like it's almost like you and you just be unapologetically who you are. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And being vulnerable, man. That's, this issue that's about- what
0: art. That's what art is. Yeah, that's man. what art is. It's that it's unapologetically who you are in that moment. Yeah. And and for, for good, better, bad, or indifferent, yep. like I can sit down and that's and that's really of tangent. Yeah. Um
1: I love tangents.
0: Um with, with rock was the birth of that for me. It's like, damn, I'm I I'm good, bad, or indifferent in this very moment. Yeah. I can I can at the very least have an honest conversation, and receive any critiques that come back for what I'm about to say. But this is my truth at this very moment, yeah, and yeah. that was like the light bulb, fine, like everything finally clicking in a sense of what creativity was. Yeah, yeah. It's like you got to document who who and what. Like you can't you can't self edit in a moment of just spewing. You yeah. know you got to let that all out. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's. Man. Meet the Brave, man. Mike Nichols, Umber Magazine. Thank you, man.
1: Thank you, sir. Sir.
0: And that was this week's episode of Meet the Brave with Monty Draper. Thank you to my guest, Mr. Mike Nichols of Umber Magazine. Remember, keep it locked. Every Monday will be our day, and we're just getting started, y'all. Find everything you need to at montydraper.com, and be sure to follow me on Instagram, fr33mani. That's fr33mani free money. And no, I'm not changing my name. Stop asking.